are listening to Ouija Broads. This is Liz. <laughs> and this is Devin with her cat purring into the microphone. Hang on. Sorry. There we go. No, that's great. That's like ASMR or something. That's, know, yeah. It has good, good vibrations <laughs> and, and frequencies for people. Literally and figuratively. Lebowski, get over here. Come purr at this <laughs> shit. Oh, man. Hey, buddy. What's up? Hey. What's up? What's up? Uh, the whole Northwest is on fire. It's too hot. We really need some rain. Yeah, And it's man. very smoky. So if my voice has a nice huskiness to it or if I start mm. coughing, that's why. Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> every, I don't remember it being like this when we were teenagers and kids. No, man. We always had fire season. We had August as just... Uh, like, all of the, the tum-tum area was on fire. Because I remember my dad went out to the ranch several times, yeah. several summers, and he'd fight fires with the guys out there. Uh, but it wasn't the entire state. Yeah, there were always fires, but it wasn't, like, consistently in August you cannot go outside. No, like, not at all. It, it used to be like, okay, it's bad for, like, people with asthma. And right. now this is, like, harmful to everybody. No, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Climate change isn't real, though, Liz. Science hasn't yet conclusively. Ugh, I can't even fake it. <laughs> can't even go through this. Let's you go can't. further back in time. Let's go back to a simpler, eviler time. <gasps> Pepperidge Farm yes. remembers. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> I don't know why I said that's so weird. It's so sinister. Sinister. This is a story that I grabbed from a blog but. that. A butt. I grabbed it from a butt. I grabbed it from your mom's butt while I was there anyway. Yeah, uh, you were giving it to my mom. <laughs> this is a problem. You always lean into jokes like that and yep. then I back off. Yep. Uh, but there was a, a blog that's now defunct called Behind the Lines or something. And okay. it's the same one where you got the human ostrich from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know the one I'm talking about. I do about. know the one now. Yes, and so I went through it way back when we were making the big list of topics and got a bunch of great ideas from it. And this one, I almost didn't do. I almost took it off the list because what? when I clicked on it, the link was dead. And I'm like, well, fuck that. I don't know. Whatever's happening. Uh, <laughs> I can't handle this shit. Life's too short. I'm so glad I didn't. I Googled it. Okay. And I found the real thing. And then I went. I didn't totally deep dive on newspapers and everything. Yeah. Uh, but I... I I, sh I medium. I waited. I, I got oh, yeah. my belly button wet. Yeah. Uh, I went I went waist deep. So yeah. this is the story of Arlington, Buckingham, Wadsworth. What? Arlington, Buckingham, Wadsworth. Which one of those is the first name? Uh, Arlington, I think. But they just called him Buck. I'm going to read you some great stuff from... It's a reprint from The Spokesman. Okay. And the article is called, Buck Was a Dandy. <laughs> and I'll set the stage, because I think they did a beautiful job setting the stage here. Would you right. like that? Yeah, I like that. Buck was a dandy. Love a dandy. No, I don't. I do. I love a good buck, too. <laughs> In the warm days of July 1887, and when the boom had just reached out and touched Spokane, there dropped off the westbound train one day a man of polished manners. On the little register of the old Hyde block, he inscribed the name Arlington, Buckingham, Wadsworth. He was not a man of grand physique, neither was he one who gained prominence by rude bluster and loud manners. Rather, 
he was refined, delicate in his ways, choice in his words, and by act and gesture gathered to his side the upper tendum of the then young city of Spokane. Society was just formed, and it needed something around which to cluster, and Arlington Buckingham Wadsworth formed the center pole for the society circus. Wow. They don't fucking write them like that anymore, you know? Spokesman, when you're done kissing Buck's ass, would you kiss <laughs> mine? Because I don't know that anyone has ever talked about me like that. Oh, just fucking wait. So basically, oh the next paragraph explains that because it was too long to say that, they just called him Buck. Because he's like, oh, well, that's the way my friends talk about me. And the friends who he casually dropped as names included, you know, Henry Villard and Phil Armour, mm-hmm. who were like robber barons like the richest guys gotcha so it was taken as read that he was friends with these men of note okay buck was a man of medium height smooth face and of superb address his bearing was that of a prince his face indicated lordly parentage and yet over it at times there was a cast of sadness which won him many friends especially among the ladies who in the secrecy of their rooms often spoke of him as Dear Buck. <laughs> so God. Spokane loves Dear Buck, right? Like, in 1887, barely anybody is living here. We're in the Washington Territory yeah. in the town of Spokane Falls. Yeah. So this is the era, not even, like, the Glover era. This is the Cannon era, mm-hmm. right? We're way, way back, early days for Spokane. And this guy was exactly what you wanted to feel like you didn't live in a complete cow town. Okay. Because he knew all the modern artists and he had great stories about actors and actresses. And he'd tell them about all his travels. Oh. And he he never said, like, he's Rhett Butler. Yes, he's got this Rhett Butler vibe of like he but he he is received because oh, well, he's yes. <laughs> because sorry, it's is... out west. <laughs> so he can just sort of pop up and be like, Look at my face. I'm clearly rich and people go, Yeah, you got most of your teeth. All of your teeth? <laughs> you wow, don't have pox so... scars? Good God. Yeah. yeah. So he got a room in a hotel. He fixed it up really nice. He used to drive down Riverside in his buggy mm-hmm. with two beautiful matched gray horses. Oh, <sighs> that's what and I want. He, yes, he just like everybody who is craving refinement and niceness and something that wasn't just like dusty barroom fights. Yeah, was like yes, you, you're fantastic. <laughs> we, we want more of this. Whatever you're doing. More of this. Whatever you're doing. Like, he was he was the hotness. Buck, he's so hot right now. He's so hot. <laughs> right. So his deal, Buck's deal, was he was a banker. And that was a pretty good scheme in the day. So that was the same thing that Anthony Cannon did, right? Yeah. Like, he came and he was like, oh, there's no bank. So literally, what your bro, Anthony Cannon, <laughs> I say that because... Back in the day, you talked about him for the Greenwood Cemetery episode. I did. He is my bro. But he's your bro. He was a a little bit of a pirate himself, which Mm -hmm. I always appreciate. But he literally just, like, decided he was going to have a bank and made a really nice sign. And people were like, okay, you're a bank. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have $1,000? Because the most anybody around here is going to need in a day is, like, 10 bucks. So you can (laughs) bankroll all of us. Exactly. 
But Buck has a bigger plan. He says, I'm going to make a central bank in Spokane. And then in all the towns around, like Cheney and and Sprague and the Palouse and Colfax, I'm going to do branch banks. So all of eastern Washington is going to be on the same system. Okay. And people are like, oh, hell yes. Like, this guy knows all the rich guys. And he's going to establish a bank. We're getting in on the ground floor. Yeah. This is happening. Okay, so, but I know yes. because you're telling me this story, uh-huh. there's more to it. This is not oh, what's yeah. happening, dear reader. <laughs> this is not what's happening. No, I feel like we need, <sighs> uh, we need not Andy Griffith, we need uh, Ron Howard saying, you know, yeah. as the narrator. <laughs> it was but not. He wasn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes. I wish he could just narrate everything. All the I time. Yep. <sighs> so he's he's going wild, right? He's, he's getting going all kinds buck of wild. Loans. He's going buck wild. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's where that comes from. This is the story of it. No, it's not. Although I did learn an interesting etymology etymological thing i thought you were going to say edamame Etym- i love edamame and i learned about edamame no you know the term have you ever heard high muckety muck no i've heard muckety muck but not high yeah muckety but muck. like the concept of muckety muck is like you know somebody who's hot shit or oh yeah they totally are. yeah they're That's head actually, honcho yeah it's a chinook word yeah. or specifically from chinook jargon which i didn't know what is it, it means like the guy who eats all the good food <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at that asshole muckety muck over there eating all my fucking yeah. crab. Look at Mr. Fucking Kale and Caviar. All right. Did you bring that shrimp from home, boy? Because you sure are eating it like you did. <gasps> Man. Oh, Lord. A muckety okay. muck. So, buckety buck, we will go back to. We will. Uh, so as he's doing all this and, like, collecting all the investments, helping people out with real estate deals, all this kind of stuff, obviously he's, you know, handsome, he's refined, he's unmarried, he's rich. Yeah. And the young ladies are swarming him like nobody's business. Uh-huh. Behind him, it says, there was a train of young girls who were desperately in love with him. There were girls fair and girls not fair. There were those of beauty and grace and those of moneyed parentage, Mm. which I like the contrast there. That's really shady. It is. (laughs) So he starts paying attention to one. And I did not bring up Anthony Cannon randomly. He starts paying attention to Anthony Cannon's stepdaughter. Yeah. So if you recall, when Anthony Cannon got married, uh, so he came to Spokane in 1878. So when did I say this was? 1887. Yeah. So he comes there. He's like building all his nice homes. And he comes there with his wife, who has been previously married and has several stepchildren that she brings to this family. Yeah. One of whom is Kate. Okay. And in the year of this story... She's 18. And Buck is somewhere between 35 and 45. All right. Hard to nail down. Not the most absurd gap for rich people in that era. Yeah. Not one I'm super hype about in today's situation. But we have already uh, likened him to <laughs> Rhett Butler. So we are not surprised <laughs> by this turn of events, Buck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As the article says, she was young and tender with little experience. 
Mm. And thought that when this great man, wined and dined and crowned by men of age, money, experience, was spoken of so highly that by making him her husband, she was securing a man that the world would ever look up to. Oh, Kate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's like, oh my gosh, everybody loves Buck and I'm going to have Buck for my own. So he's been in Spokane for three months. They are engaged. Wow. And he says, yeah, move quick. Move fast. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, he's going to die of hell trolley here in 20 years if you don't go for it, so. You got to lock shit down. Yeah, man. So he actually makes a plan that the wedding is going to happen in Chicago because, you know, Phil Armour, who's incredibly rich, you mm-hmm. know, hot dogs, Armour, hot yeah. dogs, the guy who uses everything but the squeal, Chicago is like a fantastic place for <laughs> railroad barons and robber barons and rich people. You know, it's the uh-huh. second city. It's a huge deal. Uh-huh. And he says, you know, I would, I'd like to have the wedding in Chicago. And yeah. I feel like Cannon and his family probably weren't like, no, Spokane, we don't have hotels yet. You know? They were, right. they were like, <laughs> cool, let's do this. Uh, we can do it yeah. in Chicago. We're almost at the World's Fair where you can conveniently kill our daughter in that murder hotel. And collect. Oh, yeah. Like, she may have preferred. She probably really would have liked to get to swank in front of her all, all her friends. Oh, yeah. But, you know, she assumes she's going to come home and get to swank in front of all her friends eventually anyway. So, yeah. fine. Let's go get married. Not just Chicago, but the Sherman House, which is very fancy. Ah. Okay. I, <sighs> I don't know my Illinois finery. So I'm yeah. sorry that I'm not ooing and aahing over Sherman House. Do you want to redo that take? I can, oh, the Sherman House. Oh, I do no, declare. That's fair. I don't, I don't know shit about it either. But it comes <laughs> up in like every retelling of this. So I had to do it justice. All right. So just before the ceremony, mm-hmm. Buck comes up to Cannon and shows a letter from Phil Armour that says, oh, I can't come to the wedding because of pressing business uh-huh but it apparently also contains a pointer on pork that would yield a big profit so apparently like that's their wedding gift is like plastics you know yeah like, exactly here's some here's some business advice i have for you yeah and buck is like oh hey so i mean we we gotta move on this if you can advance me ten thousand yeah. dollars I'll give you a draft on the Bank of Spokane Falls for that amount, which is my bank. So he he shows, like, uh, his checkbook or whatever they had at that point, showing I have all this money. Uh-huh. And Anthony Cannon is not convinced. <gasps> Ooh. And Anthony Cannon walks down to the telegraph office and telegraphs to Spokane and says, does this guy actually have money? And then he telegraphs to the Bank of New York, where he also was supposedly having money, and sends a messenger to Phil Armour. Shit. Comes back. Yup. Yup. Shit. Yeah, Anthony Cannon fucking Nancy Drew and before there was Nancy Drew. Yeah, he was. I mean, <laughs> that's how you get and keep your money. Right? Like, not a moment too soon. In fact, a moment too late. Because telegraphs, although they're very fast, are still not phones mm-hmm. or emails or texts. So the ceremony is performed. <gasps> then... Anthony Cannon goes down to find out what his telegram said. One from Spokane says he doesn't have money in either bank. He's actually overdrawn. (laughs) And the one from New York says, we've never heard of Mm. this guy. Yeah. As does the one from Phil Armour. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea who the fuck you're talking about. Yep. Oh, So Cannon goes up the stairs to presumably the reception where they're, like, partying with cake and whatever. Hot dogs. Uh, But... Cake and hot dogs. 
cake and hot dogs. There you go to, to have the story. <laughs> and it depends on what source you use. Either he just simply disappears at this point, Wadsworth simply bails, Buck bails, Ooh. or Cannon gives him $600 to bail. <laughs> now, and then Cannon and poor Katie yeah. come back to Spokane. Oh. Uh, and he, he, Buck never comes back to Spokane. And they never really figure out how much money he cleaned out from Spokane people in those wow. four months. But it was wow. probably not small. Right? Couldn't have been. I mean, if you're the only game in town, if you're one of the few banks, yeah. you know, people are going to give you money. Or if you're... Yeah. Um, he never comes back. She comes back. I have not yet dug up very much about her. It was the kind of thing that, like, she had... Katie Clark is a pretty generic name. Totally. I don't know... <sighs> Maybe I'll find out more about her later, but <laughs> I yeah. was preparing this episode to, like, the last possible second. Oh, totally. So I don't really know very much else. I do know that especially around the time that this happened, A, not a lot of papers actually named her because they were trying to be respectful to somebody oh. who had been, been swindled. And oh. B, uh, they all insisted the marriage had not been consummated so <laughs> she could just get an annulment. Yeah. I mean, and I'm like, I-, I bet that's what they would have said regardless at this point. Like, yeah. yeah. If it actually went down exactly the way of, like, right after the ceremony, everything goes to hell, then okay, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, Katie. I don't know how strict she would have been on that kind of stuff, but I yeah. sure know it would have been really hard to get married after that. If- yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Ooh. It's mm. what I would have said. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what I would have said. I would have been like, oh, no. Darn right. Shocking. Does it, does it remind you of that whole, like, um, the whole part in Anne Boleyn's history where she's like, Percy and I were married, mm. and the, the bishop is like, no, you weren't. And she's like, but we consummated. And he's like, well, that'd be a dumb thing to admit to me that you just fucked a guy you weren't actually married to because I said you weren't married. And she was like, yeah, you're right. We weren't married. <laughs> you're right. That would be a, a terribly dumb that, thing to say if awful. I ever said that. Yeah, good thing I yeah, never it said it. Yeah, very Don Draper, like, it'll amaze you how much this never happened. Mm-hmm. She just kind of whoosh back to her life. Yes. So oh. that's the Spokane chapter of Arlington Buckingham Wadsworth. Okay. How many wives would you guess this <gasps> guy went through? Oh, my God. You have more information on him? Oh, hells, yes, I do. Oh my god. Uh, seven. We'll go with seven. That's a good, like, fairy tale number. All right, we're gonna hold seven. Seven is your bid. Yeah. I'm gonna start with his life for you, and we'll keep count as we go. Oh my goodness. So, in 1848, Samuel Oakley Crawford, who will later be Buck, is born in Sagartes, New York. Okay. I don't know what the fuck that is or why it's called that. Yeah. Actually, let me look. It's, it's like Socrates, <laughs> but with a G. Yeah, it probably actually used to be called Socrates. Yeah. Uh, but we're soggy bottom Dutch. boys. Yeah, that's usually... Why did they change their name to this? It's a secret. Mm-hmm. Never tell me this. Okay, fine. I don't care, Wikipedia. That's the only <laughs> piece of information people need about this town. But anyway, he's born in upstate New York, is what you need to know about this guy. All right. <laughs> Hooray! Which means, so he's born in 48, which means in 64, he's about 14 or 15, 
and he goes to war because everybody did. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, and he so he does seem to have some military experience, and later descriptions of him do describe some scars. But you know, there's other ways to get shot than in service of the glorious cause. Oh I'm just yeah. Saying. Yeah, he comes back from the war, studies law, actually graduates from Columbia, apparently. Like, I didn't look at the alumni yeah. records or anything, yeah. but none of the articles, which otherwise were really skeptical about him, said that this was flat out a lie. And okay. he will practice law a lot. So if he didn't, then maybe he just <laughs> hung out there a lot. Maybe he worked in the cafeteria. I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. And he immediately, now this guy is a teenager, bops back to New York, becomes General Ward. So he promotes himself. What? Way up the ranks to General. Renames himself Ward instead of Crawford and becomes a Methodist temperance preacher. Because (laughs) all throughout what you know about this guy, this is like another Raleigh Faulkner um, situation. What was the other guy who was the Prince of Thulia? Like, some people are just too good at talking. Some people are too good at it. Oh, man. Too good at talking. You should have quit while you were ahead. Also, they get, like, fucking cocky, man. Where it's like, well, I got got away with that lie. Maybe I can inflate it a little next time. No, man. Yes. Just chill. Mm -hmm. No, I'm a general. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to check? Who's going to check? somebody. Yeah. So he moves to Albany, and he marries wife number one, who is a telegram operator. Which, okay. this is the thing with him, is he likes to marry women who are either independently wealthy or work for a living. <laughs> what you are telling me is that Katie wasn't even his first wife. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, oh, no, no. Oh, man. Remember, he's like a teenager when he marries the telegram operator. He's in his 30s or 40s by the time he gets to Katie. Okay. Yeah. So he's in Albany. He's like fucking around. A million little scams I won't bore you with the details of, but somehow scams somebody so hard in a horse trading deal that he gets sentenced to the penitentiary for three years. (laughs) Damn, dude. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But gets out early. And then fucks off to the West without taking his wife with him. Uh, 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 <laughs> He's like, well, peace. <laughs> this, this guy has a very, like, video game, like, oh, I fucked up. Hang on, quit. New game. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll just go back Doesn't to my count. last save. Yeah. I'll, go- <laughs> I'll just start over and, like, go through real fast and just grab all the stuff. So, yeah. So he leaves for the West Bounces around the West. This guy's everywhere. Nobody knows everywhere he was, and I don't think we ever will. Because he yeah. ends up having, like, minimum nine aliases. Oh, my gosh. And I didn't dig through all of them. Oh, my gosh. I relied in some part on people who later pieced together stuff and kind of pieced together from there. But anyway, he makes it back and moves to Chicago. He loves Chicago. He'll keep coming back to Chicago. So in 1874, he gets married two more times. Uh, once to the daughter of a Boston clairvoyant, and then a judge's daughter. No way. Scams them both out of money, you know, goes without saying that he gets a lot of money from both of them. Yeah. And gets busted, books it to Kansas City. Then goes to Peoria, and the Boston clairvoyant daughter catches up with him. And in the course of avoiding her, he goes all the way to fucking San Francisco. No Where? way. Doom, 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 doom. He gets married again. No way. 
What are, what are we at now? Four. Okay. Four. So telegram operator, Boston clairvoyant's daughter, judge's daughter, and now the wealthy San Francisco widow. Good God. Yeah. Defrauding everybody at this point, at least into the four figures, if not five, every single time. Because he is so good at saying... I just need this money right now yeah. for this project, and then we're going to have a lot more money. Yeah. And he was so charming. And he did that thing that rich people or fake rich people do, where it's like, well, why did he steal money? He's already rich. Yep. It's like, yeah, because rich people didn't always become rich by being so honest. Mm-mm. This is not <laughs> yeah. how it happened, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm. Then wow. he comes up with a good one. Now, in the 1870s, If you wanted to have a lot of wives, you actually could if you went to where he goes in 1877, Uh, Salt Lake City. Yep. Yes. I know that. Reason. Although polygamy is still practiced in the LDS church and he has a sudden conversion Mm -hmm. to Mormonism. He doesn't marry any Mormon ladies. I don't know why. Or if he did, they managed to keep it completely off the record. (laughs) But that cracks me up. And of course, he steals a ton of money from them. Sure. Yeah. You know, the usual. I'm going to start a bank. I have this great real estate deal. I have this great investment. Just let me hold all the money and I'll go buy it. Yeah. Uh, He had this thing that he would do. He did this in Spokane and in other towns where... He would have a lot of telegrams that he would get, which were always about some kind of business thing. And mm. so people were like, ah, man on the move. Like, his yes. phone's ringing off the hook, except we don't have phones yet. Right. It seemed super legit. All right. So I'm I'm still kind of curious as to how exactly he pulled that off. If he, like, just had somebody he paid to send them to him. Yeah. Or if he had enough people on the hook all around the country. That somehow they they were just other scams he had in the works. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, that's fair. I mean, he could yeah. be having all kinds of people writing to him saying, the yeah. fuck is my money, dude? And it just, yeah. it looks like a guy wrote to you a good thing. Yeah. And you're like, aha. Mm, yes, mm. he's going to send me more money. Yes. Definitely what this says. Don't look at it. I'm going to eat this paper now. Yeah. <laughs> Real quick. For vitamins. Yeah. This is, this is how I... <laughs> I I feel closer to them this way if I ingest their words. (laughs) This is my filing system. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Shit. Oh, this guy. Okay. So, four wives at this point. Uh, Some of them over the years go to the trouble of getting a divorce from him. All right. Many of them can't or don't because, you know, it was not a legal thing you could get out of very easily Yeah, back in the day, especially as a woman. You'd have to prove desertion and prove this and that. And when you've yeah. got a guy who's not even using his real name. Right. Right. Hmm. How, you can't even Plus, prove who he is. for you. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, it'd be easier to be like, he died. Yeah, that's exactly you know? <laughs> what I'd say. Off to war. Yeah. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, his old war wound caught up with him. Yeah. And he died. It was great. You weren't here mm, that day. Shit. Weird. It was sudden. It was lovely. Terrible. Yeah. Don't ask any follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Between 1882 and 1883, he starts posing 
Oh, no, no. I skipped ahead too far. Oh, so 1878. You? Jesus. Yeah. Don't rush this. He's a busy man. Oh, man. He starts going by the name Eugene either Beneteau or Bannerton. Okay. And he becomes an actor, which is actually logical. Right. right? <laughs> like, I mean, if you're this you're good. very good at lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He's good at lying. He's good looking. He talks well. Yeah. Yeah. And he marries an actress. I mean... In the same company. Of course. Yes. Wife number five. They retire to Wisconsin, and they have three children. And he starts practicing law in Wisconsin. Okay. Does this for a couple years, and is forging, cheating, swindling, real estate deals, bank deals, all this kind of stuff, gets arrested, his partner posts bail for him. God love you, you poor dumb sap. Yeah. And, of course, as soon as Eugene is freed from jail by this bail, he immediately goes and makes restitution, right? No, he fucking skips town. Of course he does. never seen again. No, no, man is long gone, my friends. Yeah. (laughs) There's just, like, a buck-shaped cloud of dust (laughs) and a hole in the wall. A hole in the wall. That's exactly right. He didn't even open the door. No. Nope. Like, he didn't even stop to put his shoes on. Nope. Right he was on just through. out of there. Yeah. One article detail that they love to emphasize is that his poor wife had to go back on the stage and perform to earn money to support oh. the kids and pay off his debts. Oh. And I'm like, it sucks that she had to do that for him, but you're talking about it like it's the most offensive thing in the world yeah. that somebody would work after they had kids. And that's yeah. very of your time, newspapers, of I understand. Mm-hmm. 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 Not doing anything about that, my friend. <sighs> so somewhere in here, he starts to pose as an English nobleman. And he pairs up with another scammer who goes by Lord Ashton. And the two of them scam around and start getting into the spiritualist line of scam, (gasps) which, as we've encountered before, is just fantastic, right? There are so (sighs) many people willing to be swindled by that. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Did I tell you? My God, I got approached by a psychic the other day. Um, I Ah. sat down at this table outside of work to eat lunch. And, of course, you know, there was only one spot left. So I had to ask her, you know, can I share your table? And she said, of course. She was very nice. But then she leaned over and she goes, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a psychic? Well, no, it was the type of question that you have told me about. The, like, you haven't ever had a psychic reading, have you? And then Mm -hmm. I, whatever I say, she can be like, totally knew it. Uh, But I was like, yeah, "Yeah, totally. (laughs) Like, past life reading, tarot cards, Mm -hmm. reading things. Like, I'm a weirdo, whatever. It's totally cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what's up? And she's like, well, I just, I have a very strong calling to do a reading for you. And I'm like, I bet you do. Mm -hmm. My wallet has a very strong calling for me to also go to work. So. I bet you do. Uh, but Liz, I, I don't know if, I don't think it's going to work out between she and I. No? Probably not. Did she, did she, did it follow up with an actual reading or were you just like, okay, bye. Oh, no. I was just like, that's really cool. I don't have money in my budget for psychic readings right now. So, and I hate to ask you to do what you do for free. That's actually very well played. Hey, hey. You, you turned it around I on did. her. You made it a compliment to her skills. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, tell, <sighs> tell me more about the 
the spiritualism that our good friend Buck got mm. into. Well, he's just sort of getting that as like a, a tool in his tool belt because right. actually he now rolls up in Charleston, really expanding your whole Rhett Butler comparison. Jesus, here. this man is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can he can fucking book. Yeah. Right? Like he's all over the place. Which yeah. I think is part of why it took people so fucking long to figure out what his deal was. Oh, totally. Yeah, which is hilarious because like the first couple, the difference between whatever town that I can't pronounce that he was born in in Albany is like 45 miles. But apparently that's all you had to do. Like he married two women in Chicago in the same year. <laughs> And I say that's ridiculous, but I know there are people with, like, multiple relationships that don't know each other now. Yeah, for sure. But, <laughs> Liz, you know how expensive it is to rent a tuxedo. The man was just, he was, <laughs> if you marry them both in the same week, you get a discount. There you go. Yeah, he was probably still in the return period. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, it looks like you wore this to two weddings. What the hell? Yeah. I'm like, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's it's cool. <laughs> Oh, I got a telegram. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm legit. Yeah. <laughs> so who, who rolls up in Charleston is not an actor, of course, oh. is not a general. It's actually a judge. Judge J. Oakley Crawford of New York. <laughs> Shit. This man is so good at just, this man is so good at elevating himself. Yeah. He's just like, what are things that people respond well to, but you don't have to do surgery if they think that it's you? You're right. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to be a judge. I'm going to be a general. I'm unlikely to be called on for this. And he does have some law knowledge, right? Yeah, sure. And he says, I came down from New York because he seems to have had some kind of probably tuberculosis. He had some kind of lung problem. All right. And he said, you know, they told me to get a home in the mountains. So he does. And he rents this home where he lives with his two sisters. <laughs> Where'd they come from? <laughs> they're not his you know, sisters. His sisters. <laughs> no, they're not. They might be sisters. They might be someone's they sister. Are, actually. <laughs> oh, are they? Yeah, everyone's someone's sister, right? Yeah. So she so they are sisters, they're just not his sisters. Uh-huh. One of them is a married woman that as a spiritualist he lured into coming with him Yo. and said, I'm gonna get you a divorce with my legal skills and then we'll get married. Uh-huh. But after he scammed all her money away, she and her sister leave. Okay. And in the meantime, he gets involved in local politics because it's an exciting time for politics, it right? Is. It's reconstruction and he is what they are really looking for as a Republican because he's like dignified and he's well spoken mm -hmm. and the party has been really struggling in his specific district and he really lights a fire and gives people a lot of hope. All right. Which then makes them want to let him hold their thousands of dollars. Of course. Oh, man. I bet they do want to hold his thousands of dollars. <laughs> and he oh. does. And he's gone. Oh. And he's gone. Oh. Yeah. He pieces out. The lady, the sisters piece out. And then the judge pieces out. Uh-huh. And it's really wounding to that whole. Well, yeah culture because every time he does this people's feelings really get hurt yeah because not just the ones that he marries or says he's going to marry and doesn't but everybody who was like I, he made me so excited about voting <laughs> you know i really wanted the primaries to come up <laughs> yeah i oh. thought we were 
going to have a bank and it was really going to put us on the map. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it takes people a while to really accept that he's gone and he's yeah. not coming back. All and right. neither is the money. But he then moves down to Georgia. All right. Working the Southern scam for a little bit. All and right. Mary's wife, number six. My uh, her God. name is Lizzie Hill, and she's a society girl. Oh. And at this point, he's demoted himself slightly, probably because I'm going to guess he was probably still posing as a northerner or, you know, presenting himself as a northerner okay. and he didn't want to be too associated with that war of northern aggression. Gotcha. So he's just a major now. Okay. He's just major Horace Oakley Wood. Totally. Yeah. And her father, who's rich, Lizzie's father, gives him a valuable piece of property as a wedding present. And literally the day after the wedding, Horace, quote unquote, gets Lizzie in a carriage and they go to Atlanta and take out a loan using that property (gasps) as collateral. Shady. (sighs) Yeah. They come back from their honeymoon. His father-in-law is mad because he's like, that's not why I gave you that. But they patch things up. Sorry, Daddy. Like, I, I I, was just trying to make a good life for little Lizzie. Don't yeah, worry about that's it. that's all. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to start a bank. <laughs> <laughs> so, he gets $20,000 from investors. Oh, Lord. What's impressive to me about this guy is he's scamming amounts of money that I would be impressed by today. today. And oh, he's yeah. doing it in, like, the 1880s. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So he gets 20 grand from like his father-in-law and his wife's dowry and all their society friends. And he says, okay, well, I'm going to go buy the safes and and the lamps and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. We we need pencils, don't we, honey, for this bank that I'm building? (laughs) I got to take this bag of $20,000 to go. Get, like, those little pens with the chains on them. I gotta make sure that our teller bags are big enough to fit, you know, yeah. ten grand each. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I gotta measure <laughs> it. I gotta measure it, bud. <sighs> oh, no. So, anyway, that's why he was so wealthy when he showed up in Spokane <laughs> the next year. I bet, I bet it is. <laughs> he had all that safe money. He just fucking balled on out of there with his Monopoly yep. money. It cracks me up how, like, I'm sure he was preternaturally charming and probably a sociopath of some kind, but it blows my mind that half of his scams are just, hey, can I hold your money for a second? (laughs) And people go, okay. (laughs) Seems legit. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I would like to get you all the ones out of my mattress. Yeah, Hang on, I'll be exactly. right back. Yeah. <laughs> I want to also tell you my social security number, and I'm compelled to tell you my mother's maiden name. Amazing. Yeah, if he lived today, he would be one of those people that, like, calls older folks and makes them, like, install malware and ransomware on their oh, computer. Oh, totally. Absolutely. <sighs> Fuck, he'd be the kind of guy that would, like, approach you on the street and be like, nice watch. I've always wanted to check out a Rolex up close. Can I wear it? And you mm-hmm. just be, yeah, yeah, I guess you can. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well, you asked really nicely, so I can't think of why not. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't yeah. know how to turn you down. 
Yeah, and I think the trick with that, at least what I've slowly figured out after having many, many interactions where I've come off worst, (sighs) is, like, you just don't have to have the conversation they want you to have. Somebody came to the door the other day and was like, he wanted to sell me a security sign. No. And I was already, like, unsettled because nobody should be ringing my doorbell at 8 p.m. Of course not. But... No, you're up to no good. Like, unless you're bringing me a pizza that I asked for, get out of here. Right. What you're doing is you're selling me a sign that tells your scammer friends that I don't own a security system and you know it because I got your fake ass fucking sign in my yard, which I wouldn't have if I already had a security system. Yeah, I couldn't even understand that part. I'm like, you're not even selling a security system. You're selling a sign that suggests I might have one. Right. Like, I have a printer. (laughs) What are you doing? But I know the fuck Amazon is. Yeah, he t- yeah, you can get anything on Amazon. You can get those fucking vests to have your dog be a <laughs> assistant. I see a lot of those in the airport. Yeah, I bet you do. Yep, but he was like, well, don't you want to keep the bad guys away? And I was just like, see, that's a bit of a leading question. I was just like, no. <laughs> Close the door. <laughs> or rather, I crammed my elderly dog's head back in through the door oh, because she was trying to favorite. murder him. Good for her trying to murder him, though. We had yeah. a we had a German Shepherd mix. I don't. You never met Shane, but she absolutely mm-hmm. loathed the. This was back in the days of Schwann's, where you know people would oh, yeah. come sell you frozen dinners door to door. They had the best fucking ice cream, but because Shane hated them so much, my parents were like, <laughs> "There's something fucking shady with this dude. Y'all have to be okay with popsicles." <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, seems like the German Shepherd dog knows. Right? She's a good judge of right? character. So. Right? I mean, I think she probably was. There was something about him that set her off. She was okay with most other people. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do the Great Schwann's kidnapping robbery murder case any minute now. <laughs> you know what? Go back to your boring ass buck. Because I really think there's something here with Schwann's guy from 1992 that I could dig into. I think you should, actually. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. So, anyway, that's why he had so much money when he rolled up into Spokane. Yeah, because he just wanted to hold it for a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to go get some safe. Be right back. Yeah, just let me hold on to this. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm the coat check guy. Give me your purse. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. So here's the amazing part to me is that is October of 1887. He gets married again in November. Stop it. No. He really did so use I don't the know same he, tuxedo. Yeah. Did he, like, already have her on the line somehow? Or did he just move that fast? Man. I mean, he was engaged to an 18-year-old three months after getting to Spokane. I bet our boy Buck yeah. moved that fast. Money smooths a lot of roads, apparently. Yeah, it does. (sighs) He was gifted. So, wait, let's see. So, Katie was number six, right? Is that what you told me? Uh, Let's see. So, telegram operator number one, Boston clairvoyant daughter number two, judge's daughter number three, wealthy widow in San Francisco number four, actress number five. Yeah. Um, he doesn't marry anybody in West Virginia. Lizzie Hill is six, so Katie Clark is seven. Oh man! See, and I was at that was my that was my final guess, Liz. That was a terminal He's number not for dead me. Yet. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so the woman he marries in November eighteen eighty seven is eight. Then. <laughs> oh man. 
Oh, man. And he brings her out to Grand Forks, Dakota. So not North Dakota or South Dakota. It's just Dakota. It's Dakota territory back at then. this point. Yeah. And he becomes uh, General A.B. Ward. He's a general again. Oh, Because he's, you know, above the Mason-Dixon line again. Sure. And is feeling his oats. He's putting his time. And <laughs> he's feeling very good about it. Yeah. He, uh, he gets to know the governor. Uh, he stumps in Indiana for William Henry Harrison and actually gets to, like, meet him and stuff. What does stumps he mean? Is cons- uh, it means he, like, goes around and does speeches for him oh, gotcha. and, like, tries to turn out the vote and everything. Gotcha, okay. And he, actually, they're talking about, hey, when we become a state, he should be our senator. Everybody oh. is very, very into A.B. Ward. Gotcha. And then, and I think this is where I'm going to have to cut it off, <gasps> and then we can pick it up again. But I just, I gotta go get Lydia Gotta go get school. the kid. Yeah. Okay, then, in the newspaper of Grand Forks, Dakota, you know, they would always do those notices of, you know, Henry Davenport is in town and yeah. staying at the restaurant, and so-and-so yeah. is on a cruise. <gasps> a little notice appears. Arlington Buckingham Wadsworth has come to town. No. Mm-hmm. So the only people who know what that means uh-huh. are him and the person who placed it, presumably. Uh-huh. We'll see where it goes from there. Oh, you are so mean. <laughs> I know, but I gotta go. Oh, you damn dirty tease. <laughs> yep. But just to sort of give you the preview, we're not done with wives. Wow. <laughs> By any stretch. Uh, and there's going to be some free love. Yeah. And some, uh, let's see, some hypnotism uh, and some Christian science uh, and uh, some cults. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. I never knew, and I cannot find anything online about the fact that one of Anthony Cannon's stepdaughters got married right. to somebody who's known as the King of Rascals. Oh, this is the King of Rascals. This is the King of Rascals. You it's him, yeah. buried the lead. Did I say something about King of Rascals before? No, but I, you you didn't say that, and I've heard King of Rascals. Ooh. As a as a title, so you have. I, have. I wonder if it's the same guy. I assume so. It was probably on our fucking shared drive, Doc, dude. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that was it. But it, well, I mean, the Rascal King is like a concept and a a thing that people say. Oh. He's also called the King of Villains and a Wizard of Crime. Okay, King which of, I like. King of Rascals is better. But if it's the Rascal King as a if that is a saying, then maybe I'm just. Ugh, I'm so gauche, Liz. I don't know shit. <laughs> I didn't know shit about this guy. Yeah, what kills me is that he has this guy, and then later, one of his other stepdaughters, or maybe the same one, I'm not sure, married Bennett, you know, of the Bennett block. Mm. And Bennett mismanages stuff so poorly that they're hugely overextended when the crash comes. Oh, wow. And that's why Cannon ends up, like, dying broken alone in a hotel in New York. So, so just not good at vetting sons-in-law. No, he is not. Damn. No. 
It's okay. All right. Damn. People are going to have to hustle back. We will try to tape the second half of this as soon as we can. Go, go, In go. the meantime, please go to Weedjabrods.com and I'll put up some of the clips from the articles that we've gotten to look at here and all the beautiful, melodious, mellifluous language that they used in the 1800s to write about people who did crime. I- and then join us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram yes. for your updates there. Patreon.com slash Ouijabrods for any relevant outtakes. And we always want you to rate, review, and subscribe on Podbeans and iTunes. We sh- Podbeans? Podbeans! Damn it, I was so close. You, I was getting through it so were. smooth. Yeah, you turned into like, me. Yeah, this is the most efficiently I've ever gone through the end <laughs> roll. And then it fucked it up. <laughs> Trip to three-yard line. God. Yeah. Podbeans. I iTunes and Podbean. Podbeans. Podbeans. Eat them up, yum. Yum. <sighs> did I do all of it? I think you did all of it. Okay. Come back next time and we'll tell you what happens next in the tale of Arlington, Buckingham, Wadsworth, Anthony Cannon's son-in-law. <laughs> Part two. My goodness. Part two. I had to bring you a con artist with some nonsense in his soul after putting you through Vanport. So this is my gift unto you. <laughs> you always do so good with the con artists. Everybody place your bets on how many more wives he's going to get and what he dies of. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Place your bets. Place your bets. And in the meantime, my friends, please live weird. Die weird. <laughs> Stay weird. <laughs> we love you. My, 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 my.